Welcome to the Nurse Surgery Podcast. I'm Mike Wang, and I'm here with my co-host, J.P. Colson. We are here to discuss all things neurosurgical. Hi, this is J.P. Colson, a resident in neurosurgery at Rush University. Please note that this is not a CME event, and the opinions and statements made in this podcast do not reflect those of any institution or professional organization. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to the Neurosurgery Podcast. Today we have another episode in our ongoing mini-series regarding neurosurgery and families. And today I am delighted to have my boss and my senior, uh, the Doctors Fessler. Dr. Rick Fessler, uh, of course, a friend of the show and well-known in the community, and his son and my senior resident, David Fessler, who is uh, another trainee at Rush with us in the neurosurgery department. Father and son, a dynamic duo of neurosurgery. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks, John Paul. So, uh, obviously, uh, you two are in quite a unique relationship, uh, getting not only the opportunity, we, we've talked with many people so far in this series who are children of neurosurgeons, children of neurosurgeons who also go into neurosurgery, but you're the first people we've talked with who actually get to work together and in a training relationship, uh, which is very interesting, perhaps unique as far as I know right now in the field, and I'm excited to share that with our listeners and kind of get a sense of what, what's that like. So maybe, David, why don't you walk us through your professional course, how you got to neurosurgical training and how you think you wound up at Rush? Uh, okay, that's a pretty long story. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, it, you know, I, I like to use the phrase, I grew up with neurosurgery um, because it really was around the house all the time as a kid. Um, you know, we I had a, a good understanding of what the lifestyle of a neurosurgeon was um, from an early age, um, which, you know, means going in in the middle of the night on a regular basis. Um, Dad did a lot of travel when I was a kid. Um, but uh, I, had a, I had a good understanding of, of what it meant to be a neurosurgeon. At least I thought I did. Um, mm. And then, uh, honestly, I only went into a biology major in college because, like, my wrestling coach was my biology teacher in high school. And I liked the class and I did pretty well in it. So I was like, I guess I'll be a biology major. Uh, I wasn't um, actively pursuing a medicine career at that time. Um, and then I, uh, like many young, stupid people, um, had a, uh, a, a herniated disc doing something stupid. Um, I was in a dance competition and I was a former gymnast. So I was tumbling on stage um, and couldn't walk the next day. So uh, eventually I got an MRI. Uh, I saw the scan and I called up my dad and I said, I, I got a big herniated disc. Um, so that led promptly to, uh, to a microdisc, uh, microdiscectomy. Um, and at the time, I believe uh, John O'Toole, who's another one of our attendings, happened to be my dad's fellow. Um, so he's actually the one who did the procedure. Um, and, after, and throughout that process, I remember when he did my exam, uh, I had lost feeling in part of my foot and I had mm. no idea until he did the physical exam and dragged a pin across the, the lateral aspect of my left foot. And it totally blew my mind that I had lost sensation there and hadn't even realized it. Um, and it came back after surgery and right then and there, I was like, this is what I have to do. Um, so I was, I was pretty late in college at that point and not quite, uh, I think, mature enough to go straight to med school. Um, so I went off and did a PhD in neuroscience. I did spinal cord injury research because that's what piqued my interest. I had a lot of exposure to that, to that uh, through dad as a kid. 
as well. And then um, from there, applied to medical schools, um, was gung-ho neurosurgery from day one, started the neurosurgery interest group during orientation with one of my classmates. <laughs> um, and, you know, was able to find a lot of really good men mentors at University of Cincinnati. Um, and then from there, applied to residency. Um, that whole journey of, of how I chose Rush is, is even probably a, a, a more complicated story. Um, but uh, that's where I matched. Uh, I, I sub-eyed there and then I matched there. Um, and it's been, been fantastic ever since. Sure. And, you know, Dr. Fessler, we've had you on the show a couple times. And each time it always comes up. One of these days, I swear we're going to get into it. But I know it, at one point in your illustrious career, you were in the seminary. And so there must have been a point where you thought, maybe I won't even have children. And now here you are, you've got your son following in your footsteps in many different ways, not only a physician, but a surgeon like yourself, a neurosurgeon like yourself, an MD, PhD like yourself. Um, at what point in your career, if at all, did you ever think one day I'll have children one day I might have someone who would follow in my footsteps like this. Well, I, I never really, not having children was never a thought. Um, I didn't enter the seminary until I was uh, married and had children. Oh. Uh, and, and then I, I started out in college with a combined degree in religion and philosophy. Okay. Uh, but evolved into psychology in a brief period of time and pursued that through a master's degree. Uh, but there was never an issue of, uh, well, I grew up Catholic, so I would have been, become a priest if, right. I, if I had continued. Uh, but that, that was never an issue, although my sister's a nun. So that is always, and I have many relatives who were priests and nuns. That's always been a significant part of, of our family, but it was never a significant part of me. I, I did it for, for interest, really, just uh, it's, it's the intellectual curiosity. So, you know, I have to say we've never had, I don't think, three Rush people on at once. So let me just give a shout out to your program and Rich Byrne. I think U.S. News and World Report now ranks Rush for neurology and neurosurgery number three in the country. Is that right? That's right. It was a good year for us. Yeah. Great. Podcast, Dr. Wang. Yes, the podcast. Well, Miami broke the top 50. So, so Alan Levy and I are very, very happy about that. But anyhow, um, I wanted to get deeper into this this issue of the training because it's so interesting. And I would say that the greatest honor uh, for a father is to see a son walk, or a daughter for that matter, walking in their footsteps behind them, right? But it also brings up all these other complex aspects of the relationship. It's hard enough to be in a, uh, a parent-child, uh, if you will, relationship or father-son relationship in your case. And then you add that dimension that, um, David, you were a resident under your dad. Is that correct? I still am, yeah. You so oh, you still are okay yeah are you are you a chief resident chief uh, resident I'm, now I'm, I'm a PGY five right now your PGY five okay how does I mean how does that factor in like let's say and I'm not suggesting you ever did but if you screw something up does your dad come down harder on you or is it easier that's a great question um, I, I it's it's different it's you know it's if I disappoint an attending who's not my dad um, you, you know I I feel bad I think. I think my dad doesn't have to come down on me as hard because, you know, if if I screw up something on one of my, you know, on a patient for my dad or something like that, it, it's uh, the stakes are higher for me, like internally. Um, you know, I'm not just letting down, you know, my mentor or my uh, my attending. I'm letting down my dad. Um, so even though you know 
my dad has this reputation of being this really, really nice guy. He never yells at anybody. You know, angry Dr. Fessler is just when Dr. Fessler is quiet. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and that, uh, that silence when it, when it is directed at me, uh, is, is deafening. Well, now flip it around. Okay, so that's the negative. Now the positive. So you do something great. You got a paper published. Um, the praise, is it more exuberant or is it more muted? Uh, I'd say certainly more exuberant. Um, my dad has always been very, very supportive. And so, you know, when we get a public paper published or if I do really well in a case, he's, I think, much more likely to come to me and say, hey, great job, or you did a really, really great job today. Um, as opposed to, I think, I think uh, a lot of the culture of our program is is a little more muted in its praise well i'll take the obvious tack and just uh take the converse of that question so dr fessler watching your son progress what's it like seeing him in comparison to the countless other residents and fellows that you've trained i i we let's not imagine that the emotional aspect of the fact that he's your son and your relationship with him outside of work isn't part of that what's it like watching him in the negative moments and the positive moments compared to other trainees? Well, that's, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think certainly um, the ups and the downs are greater. Um, still, I, I try to treat my fellows and my residents and David the same, always. Um, I, if they do a good job, I will let them know it. If they don't do a good job, I'm quiet. If they really did a bad job, um, we will discuss the mistakes that they made. Um, but it, it is a special, uh, a special feeling to to watch David uh, progress through the neurosurgical residency. And, and there was never any question in my mind that he would do a good job, having watched him grow up. And David worked with me in the garage his whole life. So our, our pattern of working together has been well established for many years. Mm. And we've never had an, uh, a negative father-son issue. So we've never had to deal with that. So I knew he would do well. I wasn't afraid of that at all. And it is, it is a special pleasure to, to watch him learn and progress and become a good neurosurgeon. You know, it's, it's, it strikes me that, Rick, you've got two other children, right? You two daughters, is it? Right. And one's a nurse, is that right? And the other's a filmmaker? Uh, one's a, yeah, she's a nurse practitioner. Um, she chose not neurosurgery, though. She's in cardiology. She's in cardiac ICU. And the other is in the film industry as a, a gig worker in California. Oh, great. Okay, okay. And David, you're the youngest, right? No, I'm in the middle. Oh, you're in the middle. Okay, you're in the middle. Did, so what was it like growing up with you and your sisters? Did your sisters ever have an inkling that they might want to go into medicine, into neurosurgery or anything like this? Or were you sort of picked out of the, the group to do this? How, did, how does that dynamic play out? And I guess the, the, the natural follow-up to that is, does that make it so that you're like your dad's favorite in some way? Um, of course, I'd like to think that. Um, but honestly, growing up, there wasn't like, you know, uh, pursuing a career in science was never really, you know, part of my, uh, you know, conscious world, at, like during my upbringing. Um, we had a, a large um, emphasis in our family on music. Um, so my older sister actually went to the same uh, conservatory that my, my mom went to uh, for college um, and was a music uh, major there, or vo a vocal performance major. Um, I did a ton of singing growing up, and um, so, did, so did Linda, my little sister. Um, so honestly, there was a huge emphasis on that. And I think um, 
I made a conscious choice that I did not want to pursue that as a career um, during high school. And even though I, I had lots and lots of experience in it, I just knew that that was not the career I wanted to pursue. Um, and that's when I turned to science. So um, in, in terms of being chosen, um, no, I think it was just eventually I stumbled my way in that direction. Um, and uh, certainly since I've done that, um, you know, as my relationship has changed and grown and you know when we're, we're sitting at the dinner table now we have to be you know cognizant to not always be talking about neurosurgery because um, we do have such a tight bond associated with that but um, we have to you know step away from that and have the rest of the family time so uh, it's it's uh, I'd like to think that I'm the favorite but no I'm probably not <laughs> anointed um, yeah, that, that's interesting that you talk about the conversations you have now, because when, when we were talking about, David, how you got to this point in your career and talking about how you two interact with each other now in a professional context, I wonder if, because when, when you reach residency at that point, you're at already, uh, you're, you're down the road professionally, you're already a physician, you're already a PhD at that point, and at that point, you're already older, you're an adult man, so when you started looking at different programs, as you said, you did a sub-I at Rush, so even going into interviews and the process of matching, you had an interest at Rush where your dad worked. Did you two talk ahead of time about your interest in the program, what it would be like if you matched there? Did, did you have discussions about, oh, well, should we do it? Should we tr not try to do it? And if so, how should we be? Or did you just go where your heart led you and then your professional relationship naturally developed? Uh, we did, we talked, I think we talked every day as I was going through the interview mm -hmm. and match process. It was um, both me using dad as a sounding board for other places um, and also like kind of discussing, you know, what were, mm -hmm. what, what it would be like if I, if I came to Rush. Um, I had, I made the decision ahead of time that if I didn't do a sub-I at Rush that I was not going to apply mm -hmm. um, because I didn't want my dad's residents and um, and partners sitting around a table discussing whether or not to bring in Fessler's son without having any idea of how hard I work or anything like that. Right. Um, but then I did. I was able to do a sub I um, at Rush. Um, it went great. I had a blast. Um, just operated like crazy. It was awesome. Um, but we talked a lot about you know my priorities in the match, and I really wanted to come to Chicago. Um, I had been away from Chicago for something like 13 years at that point, between college and grad school and med school, um, and I really, really wanted to come back to Chicago. Um, so there's five programs in Chicago. Uh, I sub I both at Rush and at Northwestern. Um, really liked both programs. I knew that that uh, that I had a um, a good connection with the the residents at both places. So so I I when I was making my rank list, it was, it was really like Chicago first, um, and then deciding on the programs thereafter. Yeah. And to that point, you know, not all of our listeners, maybe, maybe some of our newer listeners may not know how this works. And I would turn their attention to some of our earlier episodes talking about this matching process, but this was serendipitous, right? It's not like you've made decision. I'm going to go to Russia and your dad's program 
whether it be Rich Byrne or whoever it is, now it's uh, Fontes is the program director, but I guess Vince Trinellis would have been the director then, mm-hmm. would say, okay, now you're our guy, right? It's not like getting into college or medical school. It is a match literally on that day. On, on At that time point, I want to say it's 11 a.m., probably Chicago time. Rick, what is going through your head? So you hear, you find out, okay, well, um, you know, David's matched with us. Like what goes through your head? I mean, it, it's, it's a bit of a surprise, right? Yeah, it was because... I, you know, I, in order to, for this to be a fair process, I completely recused myself from the entire residency evaluation uh, process that year. Hmm. So I, I had nothing to do with this. Um, and in our program, the residents, the current residents get a, a major say. Um, if they do not like someone, um, their, their, their opinion will get that person eliminated from our list. So you not only have to do really well, but you have to be uh, one of the people that the residents want to work with. So um, I really didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I know that David had done a good job and that the residents liked him, but the match is the match and you never know what's going to happen. So I was, I was delighted when I got the result. You were in Cuba at the time. I think I was in Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> I found out on match day and was all excited. And I called I called my dad. I think the call didn't go through at first. Um, and then later on, we had a very patchy connection. And it was basically like, I matched at Rush. Great. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, Dr. Fessler, we, we had the, the branches on. Charlie Branch and his sons, who have all gone into neurosurgery, and he himself was the son of a prominent neurosurgeon. And they talked about the process of when they each went into training and whether or not they would work where their father or his father was, was training at the time. And I, I believe Dr. Charlie Branch said that his father, they went through phases where they discussed if he wanted him to train where he was, or at one point he said, that, no, actually you should go out and go somewhere else so you're not under my shadow. When you and David were having these conversations and he was going through the application process, did you ever have a, you know, obviously he's your son, you love him, you wanted to be near you, especially for a seven year commitment, that means you get to see each other much more, which I appreciate being far away from my family down in Florida. But was there ever a part of you that thought, maybe I should push him further from the nest, maybe I should tell him to go out and find his own way? No, Um, but but that's because of the way that that I've, I've raised all of my children. Um, I have never been a person to push them one way or the other. Mm, um, that's very true. We have discussed things in depth on, you know, many, many times, but my answer was always, this is your life, this is your decision. Um, these are the things I would think about in making that decision, but the decision is yours. Wow, that's, that's uh, you know, Rick, I've always, thought about how you are such a wise and wonderful mentor. And, and you know how I've, I've told you over the years that I think that you've been the best fellow mentor uh, in spinal neurosurgery um, in, in certainly up to, to, to date. Uh, I can name all your fellows and, and they're all doing very, very well. And I wonder, does that come from you just being you or is it from the divinity school or is it from the psychology or is it from the scientific training? I, I really don't know what it is, but I, I have to say it, it must be great to work under you. And, and I think David's obviously benefited immensely from that. Um, so David, tell us about what, what's going to happen next. So you're, you're a PGY, you said five, right? Yeah. 
Okay. And what's, what specialization are you going into? Um, it's fine. It, yeah. <laughs> not good. Uh, I, I, uh, I think I tried to prank my dad one time and tell him that I was really interested in, uh, endovascular and uh, I don't think he bought it for a second. <laughs> I don't even want to ask who, who the better surgeon is because I know, I know Rick is too gracious, but so you're not only going to neurosurgery, you're going to be a spine surgeon, just like your father. Like in other words, exclusively spine pretty much, right? Uh, that that's, yeah, that's the plan. Wow. And, and your, your research interest is also overlapping because I know, Rick, you did the first stem cell uh, injections for spinal cord injury in America. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, when you were in Gainesville, right? And so, so what's your area of research, David? Uh, so I did my PhD in uh, the molecular mechanisms of neuroinflammation after spinal cord injury. Wow. Wow. You guys have so much uh, to work on together, whether it be neurosurgery or spine or spinal cord injury. It's really, I'm very jealous. I hope one of my children will, will eventually decide to be a neurosurgeon. I hope I can, I can, I can at least be of assistance or not, not get in their way. Maybe is a better way to put it. It's, it's fascinating. So, so how do you like living in Chicago? Do you think you'll, you'll stay in the Midwest or are you looking to come to a place like Miami or California or Boston? (laughs) Um, I've, I am a Chicagoan through and through. Um, I, my wife uh, also has family here, um, so I think I think we are hoping to stay in Chicago. But you know, you never know what what the future holds. So I guess we'll see. So once again, there's a twenty percent chance at least that you'll end up at Rush as well, right? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> that that would be that would be a dream. Um, you know, it'd be. Uh, Rush is a fantastic place, and I really, really love being there as a resident. Um, and I've seen a few uh, of our current faculty who were formerly our residents, you know, evolve into attendings at, at Rush. Um, and uh, it, it's just a, it's a great place to to grow as a surgeon. So I, that that would be a dream. Well, we want to thank you both for your time coming on the show, uh, Doctor Fesser. Obviously, we've had you on a couple times, and. Each one has been uh, a very enjoyable conversation for me to have and very popular with the audience. David, it's great to have you on as well now. Um, one day we'll, we'll get the rest of the family, we'll complete the set, but um, it is also great as Dr. Wing uh, said to have a, a Rush powerhouse representing today, um, both in all three of us, but mostly you two, uh, uh, you know, Rush institutions. So we wanna thank you so much for coming on today on the Neurosurgery Podcast and talking about as we said, quite a unique relationship in the field. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, John Paul. Thank you, Mike. Right. I feel like there is one more thing we should mention, though. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Th- there is there is an important aspect to being uh, father and son neurosurgeons, um, and that is uh, that my mother, who raised me, especially when when Dad was traveling a lot when I was a kid, um, was such a major influence on both of our lives. Um, because you guys started dating long before you had any interest in neurosurgery. Um, and I was obviously raised in a very musical household and eventually found my way to neurosurgery. Um, so not only has she been a huge impact on both of our lives, extremely supportive and, um, you know, guiding. But um, when I started dating Lizzie, who is now my wife, um, she actually took Lizzie aside at one point to tell her, like, here's kind of what you can expect. <laughs> uh, you know, don't don't wait to eat dinner for him to come home because you may be you may be waiting a long time. Uh, and that's come in handy a few times. There was a time I was I think I was in the OR for something like 36 hours um, or I was in the hospital for like 36 hours. And the last 12 of that was in the OR. 
and uh, and Lizzie called my mom and was like, should I should I be worried? <laughs> um, so uh, so they have been both extremely fantastic um, contributors to to our ability to pursue this life. Yeah, they are the glue that that makes it possible. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for bringing that up. And in, and in fact, then let me put the million dollar question to you, David. Your mom, having been the wife of a prominent, traveling, busy, busy, busy neurosurgeon for so many years, and this is just us here talking, secrets are secrets, did she ever try to talk you out of it? Um, no. I distinctly actually remember the moment in college when I was kind of at this precipice, like, am I going to pursue this? Like, this is, like, I know what I'm getting into. I know how crazy the lifestyle yeah. of a neurosurgeon is. Do I really want to do this? Um, and I was sitting on a bench at Miami University outside, and I just called mom and chatted through it. And um, uh, it was that conversation that kind of led me to the, you know, you know what, I should do a PhD. Um, mm. Yeah, I, sh I should go do a PhD, really solidify if neuro is, is the life for me, um, and, if, and if need be, neurosurgery. Um, so uh, she's been, just like dad, hasn't pushed me in one way or another, but she's been extremely supportive the entire way. That's beautiful. It sounds like you're blessed with a uh, loving, supportive, and special family. So, very good. Well, again, thank you both for coming on. Thanks, John Paul. Thanks for having us.